0: Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Saturday of the 32nd week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
1: And with your spirit.
0: Graciously keep from us all adversity, so that, unhindered in mind and body alike, we may pursue in freedom of heart the things that are yours. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.
2: A reading from the third letter of Saint John. My friend, you have done faithful work in looking after these brothers even though they were complete strangers to you. They are a proof to the whole church of your charity, and it would be a very good thing if you could help them on their journey in a way that God would approve. It was entirely for the sake of the name that they set out, without depending on the pagans for anything. It is our duty to welcome men of this sort and contribute our share to their work for the truth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Happy are those who fear the Lord. Happy are those who fear the Lord. Happy the man who fears the Lord, who takes delight in all his commands. His sons will be powerful on earth. The children of the upright are blessed. Happy are those who fear the Lord. Riches and wealth are in his house. His justice stands firm forever. He is a light in the darkness for the upright. He is generous, merciful, and just.
1: Happier those who fear the Lord.
2: The good man takes pity and lends. He conducts his affairs with honour. The just man will never waver. He will be remembered forever.
1: Happier those who fear the Lord.
2: Alleluia,
1: alleluia. God has called us with the gospel to achieve the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Alleluia.
0: The Lord be with you.
1: And with your spirit.
0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke.
1: Glory to you, O Lord.
0: Jesus told his disciples a parable about the need to pray continually and never lose heart. There was a judge in a certain town, he said, who had neither fear of God nor respect for man. In the same town, there was a widow who kept on coming to him and saying, I want justice from you against my enemy. For a long time he refused, but at last he said to himself, maybe I have neither fear of God nor respect for man, but since she keeps pestering me, I must give this widow her just rights or she will persist in coming and worry me to death. And the Lord said, You notice what the unjust judge has to say? Now, will not God see justice done to his chosen who cry to him day and night, even when he delays to help them? I promise you, he will see justice done to them, and done speedily. When the Son of Man comes, will he find any faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord
0: Jesus Christ. Okay, so St. Luke gives us a little bit of an intro to this parable, which which I think becomes an important key to unlock a somewhat mysterious parable. Luke begins off like this. Jesus told his disciples a parable about the need to pray continually and never lose heart. That's the essence of the parable. It's a necessity to pray without tiring. So we hear the story, a widow's caught in a difficult situation and she's asking for justice from this judge. Now in the biblical world, widows were seen as kind of the pattern of vulnerability. They were dependent on their children or on their other family members for support. Um, Curiously, in Hebrew, there's a play on words between the word for husband and the word support or assistance. Um, Not very PC, but... um, I suppose we at least need to make that little translation into the time of Christ. But anyway, the widow is presented in the parable as someone who is without support and in a desperate situation. And she's standing before a terrible guy, someone who has no interest in her plight and no compassion for her situation. He's someone who's turned in on himself. He has no regard for God and he has no concern for others. The hardness of this man adds to the desperate situation of the widow because he stands as an obstacle in her path. The widow's got no choice. She needs to persist in asking the unjust judge for justice. And it's here that we see the logic of the parable at work. St. Luke told us at the beginning about the need to pray continually and never lose heart. As necessary as it is for this widow to petition the judge so too is it necessary that we pray continually and not lose heart. And so Jesus' point is prayer, and prayer which perseveres, is necessary. It's not just recommended or advantageous, it's a necessity. The one who prays without ceasing, who cries to God day and night, is the one who understands how urgent prayer is. And we ought to pause to take note of just how strong the words of Jesus are. Prayer is a necessity. Prayer is something without which we cannot survive. Food, drink, shelter are all necessities of life, and so is prayer. But do we really perceive prayer in such terms? Perhaps many, if not most of us, don't pray as if our lives depended on it. Prayer is the expression... The living out of our friendship with the Lord. It's communion. It's truly heart to heart. But we must remember that our relationship is to God in Christ Jesus. He's not one pal we have among others, one friend among many. He's our creator and the source of life. And Jesus reminds us that we're grafted into his life. Remember what he says in the Gospel of John I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Let's face it, literally, without our Creator, we are nothing. To be grafted onto the vine, however, means that we have been drawn into the very life of God through the Son. And that we receive this life, living and pulsing through our veins. Now, here's the thing. This abiding in him and his abiding in us isn't just a static reality. It's something that asks for our freedom. It asks for our love. And so we need to pray. Our lives depend on being grafted on the vine, being in communion with God. And the precariousness of the widow's situation, that's also our situation. What help or assistance do we have apart from God? The powerlessness of the widow in the face of the world which confronts her is our powerlessness in the face of the death which confronts us. Prayer, friendship, communion with God, our life depends on it. And we should pray as such. Where I think we need to be a little bit careful with this parable, though, is equating the unjust judge with the God to whom we pray. I don't think that's Jesus' point. I don't think he's painting a picture of God for us that suggests we need to beg and plead before God for the simple reason that he's reluctant to give us what we ask for that somehow he's as cold and callous as the unjust judge, that that he has no compassion and that he has no interest for the widows. No, on the contrary, Jesus says God will see justice done to his chosen who cry to him day and night, even when he delays to help them. The parable describes our need to pray as being like the need of the widow to continually plead for justice. But God is not the unjust judge who needs convincing, who only gives in when the pestering is more painful than giving in to what the demands are of the widow. I promise you, says Jesus, he will see justice done to them and done speedily. It seems then that we end up in a rather strange place after this parable. That on the one hand, we have Jesus saying, you need to pray and pray and pray and persevere in praying. But secondly, also that God will give justice, that God will come to the aid of those who cry to him. That though God might seem to delay, he will see justice done speedily. Now, it seems to me that those two things kind of stand in a bit of tension, don't they? You know, God wants to give you every good gift, but you also need to pray and pray and pray for it. And I don't know, if you slot in your own personal experience here, have you ever had the experience of praying so hard for something and with such insistence and it didn't come about? Now, I'll freely admit I've had a pretty cushy life, But I've had to deal pastorally with some people who've experienced tremendous loss and extraordinary pain in their lives and who have prayed and prayed and prayed. And, you know, I've kind of sat on the sidelines and prayed along with them and I'm thinking, God, what are you doing? Why are you being so slow? Why is this so hard? Surely what they're praying for is good and noble and would alleviate a lot of pain. And then sometimes things got worse. Jesus seems to hold these two uneasy things in tension. Pray, pray, pray as if your life depends on it. But know that your life is also in God's hands. And I tell you what, in difficult times, and I mean like really difficult times, it's hard to see how those two things stand side by side. There's something mysterious there's something inscrutable about God's holy will. But the gospel finishes with this rather kind of cryptic statement. Jesus says, but when the Son of Man comes, will he find any faith on earth? I think this is what bridges the gap between what we pray for and God who seems to be slow in giving it. We've got to trust him. Now, I don't mean that in any kind of trivial sort of way, not not in a shallow sense of like, oh, it'll all be okay, don't worry. No, it's not a kind of naive optimism. It's a deep and abiding trust. It's a faith that my life is in God's hands, that the whole situation is in God's hands. And it doesn't mean that there's an absence of pain, and it certainly doesn't mean that there's an absence of confusion. But God's God. And I keep praying, knowing that God's God, and that I'm not. That he's the one who brings justice, maybe only even in eternity, but justice nonetheless. I think when Jesus asks this question, you know, will the Son of Man find any faith on earth? I think, he's a, I think there's a sense in which he's acknowledging the difficulty of persevering in our sufferings and trusting nonetheless. When the Son of Man returns, will anyone still be trusting God? Yes, Lord, there will. Because we've seen you take up your cross, walk to Calvary, suffer death, commend your spirit into your Father's hands, and rise to new life. So as we carry our crosses, we won't stop praying. And as we walk to our own Calvaries. We will not lose hope, knowing that what waits for us is not the tomb, but the resurrection. The great promise of God who hears the cry of his poor and who brings true justice. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who who art art in heaven, heaven, hallowed hallowed be thy thy name. name. as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ.
1: For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever.
0: Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion.
1: My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen.
0: The Lord be with you.
1: And with your spirit.
0: May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace.
1: Thanks be to God.
0: And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O oh Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, Salvation of the Roman people know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day, may give glory to God the Father.